Friday Lunchtime Lectures at the Open Data Institute. Well, thanks ever so much. I'm really pleased to be invited here today to talk about um, LG Inform, which is the LGA's um, data benchmarking service for local authorities, but specifically about the API, which is now available from it. Um, and you'll be pleased to know I'm not going to talk for a long time. I suspect that some of you, you know, some of you are here because you're more interested in the, the practicalities of the API that Mike's going to talk about. But I thought it was um, worth my while just speaking for a short time about the background to the API and why the, why the LGA has been involved in developing it. Then I'm going to hand over to Mike. Um, he's from Porism, which is at the LJ's partner in this work, and he's going to talk to you more about the technical side and give you an, an overview about the API and its features. Um, and then I think there's time for questions at the end. Um, so in terms of the background to the API, the API essentially exists because um, local authorities asked the LGA, the Local Government Association, to step in um, and help them make intelligent use of data. Um, and for those of you who aren't um, familiar with local government in England, it's currently, um, it comprises of 353 councils, um, and each of them are charged with delivering well over 700 services, um, and they're really wide-ranging services, so they go from clearing the bins, to adult social care, to economic development in their area. So it's a really wide range. On top of that, local democracy means that um, the priorities in a local area um, will differ, um, both because of the ballot box and who people vote for, but in between elections as well, in terms of consultations with residents about priorities and, and, you know, and where to spend money. And as a result, um, each local authority is its own organisation and will have its own priorities and will also have its own data that underpin its own services held locally um, and in, in, a, you know, in its own locally determined format, whatever works um, for them. But it's not all bad news because there is comparable information out there. Central government collects data from local authorities in to common definitions and common standards, and so do a number of other organisations. Um, and in fact, the LGA estimated that um, each local authority submits around, or oh, up to 40,000 different um, pieces of information every year. So there's an awful lot of data out there. Um, and local authorities themselves find this comparable data really useful. So they're using it themselves. They use it to look at their own performance, to compare themselves with others. They also use it to share with residents, to, um, to be accountable to their own residents. But although there's this common data around that central government uh, and others collect, um, they all do it in a lot of different ways. And it's all over the place. So it is comparable. It's all over the place. Government departments, um, they all publish on their own websites. Often there are different bits of government departments and they publish some data in some places and other data in others. They, don't, they, they use different formats. They don't necessarily call things the same. So um, City of York is City of York in one, data, you know, one database or one spreadsheet and it's York City Council in another. So it is all over the place and this 
can really cause um, difficulties and frustrations for local authorities who have increasingly limited resources due to the cuts that they've experienced over the past, um, the past years. It's really difficult for them to access this information quickly and easily. So over recent years, what's happened is the LGA and our technical partners, we've worked to um, bring the data together um, key data together and start presenting it consistently. And this has culminated in um, two online tools, LG Inform, which uh, is available to all local authorities, but also the public, which is local authority level data and is an online tool. Um, and also LG Inform Plus, that's got more detailed information um, at ward level and below, so smaller, smaller geographies um, and some other tools as well. And, and that is available, uh, some of it's publicly available and some of it uh, is available to subscribers. What's really important, and you can find more, I've left a flyer on the, on the table outside, if you want to go and play with LG Inform, for instance, um, you can see the, the range of data that is available in one place and you, you're welcome to, to go and play with it, so do do that. Um, but what's important to note is that these online tools, they're underpinned by a really well-structured database um, that's really comprehensive and it's, it's held in secure form um, on the Amazon cloud. And the tools help authorities because essentially rather than each authority every time a new data set is published, spending time going to a, a government website, trying to find where it's been published this time, um, working out, oh, they've, they've swapped the the order of the columns round. Um, rather than them having to do that, um, the LGA keeps the data up to date. So everything in LG Inform is the most up-to-date data that's been published because it's really important that what's in LG Inform um, is the same as on the government department's website. We can't have two truths going on. So we, um, we commit to getting um, new data, onto updated data onto LG Inform within a week of it being published on a government department website. And in fact, in reality, we're often quicker than that. Um, there's more than 3,000 data items in the two tools, uh, and it, they reflect the key data used by local authorities. Not everything's there, but the key data is there so that you can get to it quickly and easily. Um, and we ensure that it's kept up to date, as I said, which is no mean feat. Um, the LJ essentially takes the pain out of um, sourcing the data, checking the data, linking the data. Um, most government departments don't have APIs, so in the main, this is a manual task that we do. And in fact, we do make use of the few APIs that do exist. So NOMIS, NES, and DCLG APIs we use. Um, and then the rest, in fact, LG Inform has become a sort of API for government departments, key data, where they don't have one. So. We have a lot of information from a lot of different government departments all in LG Inform. And of course, the LG Inform API, then you only need to connect to one rather than all the individual ones. So I'm moving on to the API now, having talked about the online tools. Um, because over the last year, we've been working on the API. And this tool now allows our local authorities, which is who we originally started doing this for, to take the data. They don't need to go into LG Inform to download it, but they can simply pipe it into their performance management system or their corporate uh, systems. Um, but more than that, it's also part of local government's contribution to the open data agenda. And we're really, really keen to increase access to this data. We're really keen for developers and other organizations um, to use it too, because we know 
that everyone experiences the same frustrations trying to find the right data and trying to keep it up to date. Um, and we hope that uh, other organisations can take the opportunity to do things with it either that we've not thought of or that we don't have the resources to pursue. So I really encourage you to, to have a go and, and make use of it. And even if you don't need the data yet, it's worth saying that the local government information standards, which, which underpin all the data in there, which is part of this database that I was talking about, um, they could well be useful to you in your own right, even if you don't need the data now, because we define different services, we define geographies, we define which time periods apply to which data, um, and so we really encourage people to look at the local government information standards as well, because it would be great if they could be used more widely because in the future it will just make um, it much easier to use and combine um, data in future. So I'm going to just very briefly tell you what's in the API or in Elgin Form if you just want to use the online version. Elgin Form brings together a range of data about a local authority area um, and it allows you to not only look at that area but to compare it to others um, and not just individual other areas but you know summaries and averages. Um, so there is demographic data like age, ethnicity um, and that's available in the API both at local authority level but also because there's census data at smaller geographies as well. Um, as you can imagine there's a lot of data about local government services in the API so there's data about um, road conditions, there's data about recycling rates, about uh, uh, academic achievement, GCSE passes, not only for um, the pupils as a whole, but also those with um, English as a second language, those with um, SEND. Um, there's what we call contextual data, which is other information about an area that's not directly linked to services that um, local authorities do so. For example, we've got crime data, um, we've got um, health data, mortality um, statistics, and actually that picture came from an article about how local authorities are having to make available bigger plots and bigger crematoria because of um, obese people. So actually we do, yes, have obesity data in Elgin Form as well. Um, and we have financial data, so data about how much a local authority spends on a particular service, um, that's all in there as well. Um, and so before I hand over to, um, to Mike, I just thought it was worth saying what else uh, we're doing, um, the LJ is doing with local government around open data. We're aware there's still you know, a lot of data held locally and that it's not consistent, that it's very fragmented. But there's substantial activity in the sector about increasing the take up and the reuse of open data. Um, and local authorities are aware that there's a real value um, where it's possible to um, produce open data um, that, that, that's comparable and can be joined at a national level. So the LGA is one of a number of organisations that's supporting local authorities and encouraging them to adopt common processes, common standards um, and make use of schemas. We've developed a number of schemas and guidance over the past two years um, and we've got plans to do that in coming years as well. And um, when, you, when you click on these you can find out more information about um, the sort of work we're doing to support local authorities. So I think I'm going to hand over to Mike now, who's going to tell you a bit more about the, the technical side. Thanks, Juliet.
And I should say that coming from the private sector, I'm really encouraged about what the LGA is doing in terms of its commitment to open data uh, and its endeavours to bring the local government world behind it in being a bit far-sighted in terms of what open data offers. Um, as far as their tools are concerned then, the tools are using the open data which Juliet has described uh, and we've put this API on top of it to make it available for those tools and anyone else that uses it. Now by API I mean a set of RESTful web methods, i.e. you can type a query into the address bar of a browser and you'll get the results out and if you call the stub of the API you essentially get that which is um, just a link to the explain method and documentation and the explain method lists every individual method separately and if you call one of those you get the syntax of that method and you get a link to a page which documents it. Um, so all of that is relatively easy to find your way through um, and I'll give you a lot of examples. I've already tweeted a link to this PowerPoint and the ODI will send it out afterwards, but there are lots of links in here which you may find useful. Um, three key things, and I think Juliet's touched on these uh, first before we get into um, some more detailed calls. Firstly, um, what you get in the API is exactly the same as is used by the LGA's LG Inform tool that's been around for a few years now to allow people to compare one local authority with another and exactly the same as is used by LG Inform Plus which lets people drill within the boundaries of a local authority and break data down by ward or, or lower level geographies. There is nothing held back. So if you're using the API and it weren't working, these wouldn't be working either which is why it's set up to perform 24 hours a day and it's on scale servers to give zappy responses. And all of that is available to anyone that commits to using the API. Any? There, we ha have an overall data limit, um, and I'll come on at the end to talk about a key because you will notice with some some of these API calls, there's a key on the end which lets us identify who's using it. And if you use beyond a certain level for the capitas of this world, we say we'd like you to pay us because you're making money of it and we like it back. But as a, as, a, as a developer getting going, just play with it and if you get near your two gig initial limit, then we'll let you know and we'll contact you. But it's, it's a data limit rather than a rate, so an overall capacity. Um, as Juliet said, data's taken from loads of different sources. Um, this is a call to a this is JSON for those of you that don't know it, and if you don't know JSON, don't worry about it. It's a list of data sources in machine-readable format. And these come from a variety of, of government departments, and it's a team of people under Juliet that sit in the LGA with a diary and know what's coming out when and update this and guarantee that within five working days the data will be updated. So you haven't got to trawl around hundreds of different spreadsheets and the few APIs that do exist out there to pull in data and make sure it's up to date, they do it all for you. They, they deal with that work, which say, saves the time of anyone using the API and, of course, those 350 authorities who otherwise are doing that data trawling themselves. So massive saving for the public sector. And there's, there's a great advantage for commercial sector to take advantage of that and just piggyback on it and use the same data feeds with the same quality assurance that the LGA's team provides. 
LGA's team also does the statistical analysis. So if I look at a web method which calls the different value types, you see we don't just get the raw data. We get values that can be adjusted for inflation, and we break into quantiles and standard deviations and means. And where we sum data, we make sure we don't double count, and we show it with the correct arithmetic precision. All of that is taken care of for you. So if you know you get the data out, it's correct. If you summed the population for all those 355 councils, you'd actually be, able to be double counting because of the, the two-tier system of councils in the UK, whereby counties and districts also serve the same area. So if you tried to do that, we'd correct for you and you'd get the correct value. Otherwise, you're on your own. Good reason for using the API, yeah? Um, so we've got in there. This slide is slightly early, older than Juliet, so the figures are slightly smaller, and actually they've gone up since, since Juliet's. When I first did this, it was 2,917 metric types. That's types of value we keep. Um, measures of demography, um, performance, budgets, all of those count as single metric types. And for those, we've got... Um, we had at the time, slightly more now, four, 49 million values that are published through the API as raw values. Um, behind that, there's an extra 85 plus million at even smaller levels of geography that we don't publish directly, but we use to aggregate up to the geographies that are published. That's some of the data sources from which Juliet's team gathers the data and puts in consistent formats. So if, for instance, there's a breakdown by ethnicity or gender or calendar year, we're using the same references for ethnicity or the same, same references for calendar year throughout all the data sets, irrespective of what the sources say. So these data can be brought together and compared. Um, uh, and that's what I've just told you. And the pre we do the same with, same with time periods as we do for, for other breakdowns. Um, and we publish data at lots of different levels of geography. Uh, in the UK local government sector, we go from country through region right down to ward within a council area and beneath that mid-level and lower-level super output areas, um, which are statistical measures used by the Office of National Statistics. But we also support other geographies which are defined by local authorities or indeed anyone that wants to register and sign in and do that. And we will re-aggregate the data for parishes, city districts, town centres, you name it. So if you wanted to define Shoreditch as an area in its own right or you know, the middle of Old Street separate from whatever the, the bureaucrats define it as, you could draw a boundary around that and give it its own name and feed it through the API once it's finalised in much the same way as you can official geographies. So this is an example from what we call the Natural Neighbourhoods Tool all you need to do is register and sign in. You don't have to be a local authority for this, and you can define areas. So this is an example where Cheshire East Council break their council area down into different what they call local area partnerships. Um, and they've published this through Natural Neighbourhoods. So the concept of a par area partnership has a URI, Uniform Resource Identifier, and all of this is available to the link, link data people as linked data. Every individual area has also got its URI. And if you call that in a browser, you'll get something like that. And if you call that in a machine-readable way, you can feed through that data and use it, including the K its KML shape. Um, and the API in the back end will re-aggregate all the data we've got at component geographies 
So this, these are made up of lower-level super-output areas. We aggregate the data such that for every metric type where it's possible, we'll publish the data for user-defined geographies in addition to official geographies. All you have to do is define the geographies. And at present, the areas they're made up of, coming f going down to output area or bigger geographies, um, and at present, within the bounds of a local authority, and within a month, we're taking away that limitation. And you can have a boundary that doesn't match the, the some of those local areas. You can draw your own boundary, but also say, give me a best fit of official geographies, and we'll give you best fit metrics for that shape. A bit like the Office of National Statistics does when it gives approximate data for electoral wards, which don't precisely match what it gathers at statistical level. We're saying we can do that for any geographies that you choose to define if you don't want to stick with the official ones. Um, so essentially, every metric value has uh, a metric type, an area, and a time period. And essentially, your queries for data are bringing those, those three things together. Um, so this is a list of metric types. Now, this, what, what I've given you here is not a direct call to a, um, to a web method, but a call to our data tool, which sort of guides you through building up web methods. Um, and I'm signed in here. And coming back to your question in terms of data limits, you'll see I've signed this with an application key and a secret. And this code does it for you when we publish code that allows you to do that. So if you're making high volume use of data, and you want to hide those calls, the key call from everyone else, you use that mechanism, which I can talk about later or not, if you want. But essentially, this tool does that for you. And this is a list of the metric types that for which data is available, those 3,000 and something. Um, uh, or we can get the details of one metric type. That's metric type number one, population. Um, and we've got a list of area types, and we can list individual areas of one type. So that call says, tell me all the counties in England. Um, and a list of types of period and definitions of those periods. So that is the period calendar year 2014. So if I bring all of that together, This is a tool which puts together a data call which says, give me metric type one for all counties in England for a specific time period. And in this case, just give me the raw values. And it lists them down here. And what that tool has done is built up an API call, which you'll see down here, which you can just copy and put in your code. Or you can use it as a guide if you want to parameterize all of these things and build it, put it in your own application. Now, it is, it is a bit scary to, to the newcomer. And I must say that you know, we put power over simplicity. Uh, particularly the concept of signing the URI scares people a bit, and you know, which is why we've got a support team that says, come and help us. We'll, we, we publish a bit of PHP code. We can provide other code that, that would help that, with that if necessary. But the power of this is immense. You see the speed with which that data came up. Our average response time is 19 milliseconds, but that's swayed by a few big calls, which are, are not, not used very often. Um, 
that's just raw data, but equally well, I could have given you any other types of, of um, derived data, and I can add to that a whole list of statistical summaries um, of various types. And we do our best to guide you through that, but tremendous power there, and let me repeat, exactly the same as is used by these tools, no nothing missing. So, by all means, take these slides and follow those links as an example. Um, as well as those two tools using it, we've got a variety of um, independent organizations are starting to use the API. There was a hackathon at Google's offices a year or so ago where some people created an app called Clouds Over London, which basically says, tell us your persona, you know, whether you're a retired person or whether you've just moved to London from another European city. Tell me something about you. And, and on the basis of what we think your interests are, we will show the applicability of different parts of London. They used that pulling data from here. The app didn't have any database of its own. It was all real-time feeding. And you can write some pretty powerful apps with no data at all, just, just using this on, on the fly. Um, so I just wanted to end with the, the API signing. Um, you do need, if you, and you can go onto this site and, and register and just request, you do need a key to stick on the end of most of those API calls to tell us who you are making the call. Public key is just, you just slap it on the same of every, every URL, every, every call. Um, and it returns the data to you. But you, if you bed, embed that in a web page that everyone can see, obviously everyone, can, everyone could use yours. So one step further for the you know, production app is this public-private key combination whereby you sign a URL with a public part of the key and the private part is only known to you and to us but nobody in between. Um, and that's what scares people. And it's a barrier, and I, if there are developers here, I don't know if there's any way around that. We do find that stops some people um, getting their, their hands dirty with the app. But we need to do it to make sure that we can guarantee that performance and the data is not going to be sucked by bots 24 hours a day and, and limit our performance. And if you really want to get sophisticated, you can use the same sign-in mechanism as LG informed us. So using the open authentication protocol, and if you do that, you've got the advantage that you can act as if you were the user. You know, you, might, you can sign in with your Twitter ID or sign in with your Google Plus ID or sign in with your Face Plus ID. This is effectively saying sign in with your LG Inform ID. And that gives you the same authority as the local government person. And local authority people have access to a little bit of extra data. They get pre-release data as well. So you can write apps for people who can see data that you, the programmer, are not authorized to, to see if you want to go that far. But <laughs> the, the rest is probably enough for most of you. So that's all we've got. Um, here are some links to help, um, Twitter IDs. And by all means, do get in touch with the support team. Um, if you use the API, if you're stuck doing something, if you want guidance, if you've done something nice and you want us to publicize it, or if you've stopped using it and you want to tell us why. Yeah? Thanks very much. You've been listening to a Friday lunchtime lecture brought to you by the Open Data Institute.